Ani, everybody. Um, thanks for uh, tuning in to the Seven Fire podcast. Uh, my name's Evan, and um, you're going to be listening to an interview that we did earlier this year. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned. We got a bunch more exciting interviews that we we did earlier in the year coming at you. And uh, we just want to thank you again, uh, huge Chimi Gwech, for uh, listening and tuning in to the Seven Fire Pod. Uh, be sure to tell uh, a friend, a family member, your auntie to uh, to listen to the Seven Fire Pod. Uh, we are so grateful to, to have you. So uh, without further ado, uh, here's our next episode. <laughs> just a couple of Nietzsche's chilling. Exactly. <laughs> Good day to be indigenous. <laughs> Our listeners can't see how moisturized I look, but okay. So yeah, today um, we have none other than two very special guests. Um, for those of you listening, if you're listening to this podcast, then you know of this podcast. You've heard of this podcast and you've listened to it. I just know it. Um, today we got Grace and Quay that you may recognize from the Call Her Auntie podcast. Woo! Hey y'all! <laughs> Thanks for having us. This is so fun. This is so fun. I got really nervous there. I was like, "Oh my god, he said my name." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just a little quick bio about uh, Quay and Grace. Uh, Quay Zance Buzno is a proud member of the Garden River First Nation, a former varsity athlete, and an advocate for Indigenous mental health and physical wellness. Her emphasis is on advancing Indigenous youth through sport and education. Grace's family is from Gull Bay and White Sand First Nation. She is an advocate for body positivity and promotes living a healthy lifestyle through her lived experience with gestational diabetes. Together, these two women use their unique points of view to address current hot topics in the global and indigenous community. Chimi Gwech to uh, both you, Grace and Quay, for being here today. We are so grateful. And uh, yeah, I also want to introduce uh, my co-host here, Alison Palmer. Hi, thanks guys for being here. Um, I'm not in the studio today, but I'm glad to be a part of the, the podcast. Thanks for having us guys. Imagine how much laughter we are already be having if we were like in the studio together. Yeah, it would have been so <laughs> much fun. One day we'll get there. Yeah. We, we did have some good laughs uh, prior to me getting COVID. <laughs> and the, laugh, and the laughter stopped. Oh, silence. <laughs> Um, no, but we're good here. Um, you know, I'm just grateful that, um, grateful to be doing what we're doing here, you know, talking to everyone in our community. These are strange times. It's so important to stay connected and stay, um, stay laughing, stay, you know, keep our stories going. That's why we have you both here today. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Let's chop it up. Maybe Allison, you want to ask, uh, the first couple questions? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to know, like, how you guys met each other. So we met, we met at where we work. I was working there um, since 2013 in the fall. That's when I got hired on. And then Grace was attending school there, actually. That was her first semester. And we had really, so we met because it was the resource center for Indigenous students. And then 
we connected on both being from Northern Ontario, but then I was like, oh my God, Esquega, do you know Tosh? And that's her sister who I went to school with. And then Grace was like, oh my God, that's my sister. So it was a really cool connection because literally everybody else wasn't from the North. So we were like, oh, my little, you know what it's like. And so yeah. that's how, yeah, that's how we got connected and met. I always had this like weird kind of creepy connection with Quay. Like when I first met her, like I'm so close to my sisters and my mom and Quay reminded me of my one sister, Lisa. And I remember like seeing her like typing and like the rings she even was wearing. And I'm like, even your hands look like my sisters. Like it was just (laughs) so weird. But um, yeah, no, we like connected right away. And And also like- the, fu- the funny part about our timeline is like I never had a sister so like I didn't know that kind of connection until like later on in life um but Grace is always like when when she graduated she was finally like can I be your friend now on Facebook because I was trying to like be young and professional and like hold that boundary so she always brings it up or she's like remember when you let me be your friend finally <laughs> but she, she always was friend, so we always had that connection though Regardless yeah. of the Facebook status. I love that. So, um, Quay, uh, was that uh, at your work through Humber Arc? Yeah. That's awesome. my work at, at Humber. We kind of, sometimes we don't mention it in the podcast just because we want to be separated from mm, it. Um, respect. But everyone knows we work there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a secret. Respect. Cool. Uh, so you're both from Northern Ontario. Uh, I myself am from Northern Ontario. I actually grew up. Um, just down the road from Quay. Mississauga First Nation represent. Mm-hmm. North Shore in the house. Yeah. Uh, so Garden River? Did I read that Garden correctly? Garden River. Awesome. You know, like where Ted Nolan's from? And, of like, course. Darren Zach? Of and, like, course. And like, Cozanne And where um, <laughs> my mom went to go play bingo. Oh, yeah. Every other week. We're the, we're the bingo capital of the North. You are. You really are. <laughs> you guys hold it down for bingo up there. Yeah. But yeah, we moved here. Um, my move was especially more challenging, I think, because I moved here at, well, not that, that much more challenging, but new to me because I grew up in Northern Ontario, went to post-secondary Northern Ontario. And when I came down here, it was like a culture shock the reverse way, where like, Every girl had like a Michael Kors purse. And like, I had nothing against it. I have, I have a purse now too, but I was like, what? We don't do like fair trade down here. We don't do like, not in that. We're not like vegan. And then like that holistic type of thing. And like girls in my program, cause I did my post-grad at George Brown. Um, they were like, not like the type of people from Northern Ontario who are just kind in general, I thought. Um, and they do crazy things like wanting at 10 a.m. to go get a shot across the road with your coffee. I was like, this is new to me. What? I don't know this life. <laughs> so it was a harder adjustment for me. And then like everybody else and like like Grace was going to say later about hers. It was my first move away from my family. Like since I went up north, they were at every game. They were, I had dinner every weekend at that, my parents' house. Like I didn't know what life was like away from them. And then I moved here and it was like, that transition was really lonely. Yeah. Um, My transition was, I don't know. It was like really exciting at first. Like I've had my times where I was 
super lonely, but when I reflect on the past, but it's going to be eight years soon that I've lived down here. I think the loneliest was, um, so I, like I, I got married and I have a five-year-old son. So when I was pregnant with my son, I was so, I think it was hitting me that I was like never moving back home. So it was so hard and I cried a lot and I would cook like my mom's meals that she would make growing up. And then if I made them right, I would like cry at the table, like eating it. (laughs) It was so sad. But I think our first episode that we so naturally talked about our transition, because it's something that Quay and I related a lot on, um, just like being like, whoa, it's so crazy that like we're riding on the subway or we're getting stuck in traffic and um, to like sleeping on an air mattress that we were so both embarrassed to talk about yeah obviously so when we talked about it on our podcast so many people related that they're like oh during my move I slept on an air mattress and we're like what like that's awesome so it was kind of fun (laughs) that's awesome that we have the same experience yeah 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 yeah. well that's it it could be it's you know especially when you come from the north it's such a different um landscape uh not just physically but like socially I remember that too when I, because I went to school in London and I might have had an easier time getting adjusted because if anybody knows anything about London, like it's kind of a notorious party city. Mm. So it's like, that's kind of like, like just kind of picked up and and jumped in with that vibe, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, because don't they call Fanshawe Funshawe or something? They certainly do. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, So, I think that's how I dealt with it when I when I moved to the city. You know, well, it was a bigger city than where I grew up, which Blind River is like three or four thousand people. Um, so I think I dealt with it through like just distracting myself. You know what I mean? Like looking for ways to um, fit in um, through that social life. Like what you were saying, like you had classmates who were just like, you know, it'd be like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. like mimosas or something. <laughs> um, but those, that's just, you know, it's the stuff you do when you're young too, you know, at times, so. Right. Yeah. Everybody, there, it was so confusing though. Like it wasn't like the college move to the city experience for me. It was like, oh, you've already been to college and now you're coming as like a young adult. Mm. And not like being like, oh, I just closed this one chapter and I like aced it. And then I was like, oh shoot, now I've got another chapter and I literally have no idea how to navigate this system. And how did you figure it out? Like, or like what helped? Good question. Um, what helped was I had a roommate. So I moved in with her, my roommate who was on, who's been on our podcast during Black History Month. She was my RA in university. And so it was somebody that I knew who I was comfortable with, comfortable living with, who like knew me and also like knew my family because they, they come down to visit a lot. Um, so having her having other friends in the city, like I had other family members in the city who were going to school and like connecting with them. But really what I leaned on was, do you remember like in Legally Blonde when she's like, she goes to 5 a.m. spin classes and happy people, and she's happy and happy people don't kill people. And so I'm like, okay, I'm sad. <laughs> that, that moment literally went through my head and then I was like, okay, I got to go to the gym then. If I'm so sad, I'm going to go to the gym and work out and like, run 5k because that's what I normally did at home so then I was like well I gotta get that endorphin somehow because 
happy people don't kill people. Not that I was going to, but I was like, oh, I'm sad. And how about you, Grace? Um, I feel like what made my transition easier was, like Quay said, she kind of had to find a community. And um, when I came down, I was lucky enough to have already been on the curling team. I was on the varsity curling team. So I was kind of like in this little pocket of like people already, um, luckily, because I didn't know anyone down in Toronto. Um, And I think like a big thing that made it easier too was also feeling safe where I lived. Um, I kind of just found this place on Kijiji and my mom was like, oh, well, like make sure you're not getting like, um, I don't know what the word is, if it's like catfished or I don't know, like those rent frauds were uh, yeah, like, like, like a slum yeah, and they're not slum real scenario. Yeah. But that so, happened. It, we know it, like two people that happened here. Oh yeah, it happens. But luckily it didn't happen to me. I had to like sell my camera to pay for my down payment. Like I had, I didn't have too much support from my, my family. Um, and luckily it was like an all um, female household and I was able to make like really good friends and they were all part of like this like Christian group at Humber. And so they, they were like totally against partying and I'm okay. Like I like to go out, but where I live, I don't want to be living in a party house and feel like unsafe. So I felt really, really safe there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, okay, you can edit this out after if you want to, but I remember when she was telling me about her roommates, she was like, they invited me and they dunked each other in the back of a truck. And I was like, Chris, you don't have to go to those things if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, that, that's how that's how committed they were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, moving to the city, it's such a big transition, especially from like a smaller town or off the res. Um, I think all of us actually have moved to Toronto. We're not originally from here. Do you guys get to visit home at any time? Do you yeah. go back? Yeah. So I make it a habit to go like every three months back home, where my brothers and my dad come to visit me. Um, but when COVID had happened, I went home right away. I was always in the mindset of like, okay, during an apocalypse, you got to go back to the res. And like, I was like, this is the serious moment. And I like booked my flight home. And I'm like, when the world ends, you have to retreat and return back to the res. <laughs> that sounds like the plot for the next Wabagijic Rice novel. Yeah, it could be like an unwritten yeah. rule. I remember one of our coworkers saying that in a group chat when all of this was like COVID was going down and she's like, retreat back to the res. And it's, yeah, that's like something. So I go back um, on like major holidays. Um, but yeah, for COVID, I was able to go back home for five weeks in the summer, which was just like, it was so healing. Like it was exactly what I needed um, just to like sit by the water, like with a campfire, being at like friends trailers and it was just yeah so it's really special for me and Quay to go back and I think for anyone to go back to their homeland and um yeah it just it's great once you come down south you've never been more like man I miss my trees yeah, yeah. like they're they're mine and yeah. these aren't mine yeah 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 that's in the summer in the summer I tried to like 
really breathe in that fresh air because I was like, there's not that fresh air in Hamilton, especially where I'm like living right now. And so I made it a thing to breathe a lot up there. Yeah, it's, it's funny how we kind of return to roots in a way. Like I know for me, I did everything between the ages of, I don't know, time I hit puberty till like 27 to like get off the reserve, you know? Like I'd lived my whole life there and I just like, I would also, I was always like coming to Toronto anyways, or the Sioux or Sudbury. And like, now that I'm older, I can appreciate it. All this time I spent in the city and just like traveling around. I'm just like, man, the land, the peace, the quiet, obviously the family. Um, it just means that much more that, with that much time away. So yeah, I definitely respect that. It's even crazy where you're like, man, I want to know like the drama, what's happening. Like <laughs> that's what I'm in sometimes. And then I go to our Facebook group and I'm like, okay, I'm caught up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, uh, so, okay. Yeah. So you came to the city, you started your post-secondary journey. You, you completed your studies. At what point in the game did call her auntie start to germinate? Like when did that idea come about? And, um, only 13 months ago. <laughs> so I'll, months ago. I'll start because it was originally my idea. I, in the holidays, like the Christmas holidays of 2019, I was sitting on the couch and everyone was getting into podcasts. And I was like trying to like search for a podcast that would interest me and wasn't really finding one. So I was like, Hey Quay, like, I remember I was walking and I called her or was texting her and was like, let's start a podcast and like, let's call it this. We had a like kind of a lame name at first. And I kind of like found like the site that we could like make it on. And I was like, we could talk about our journey and just make it super like casual. Um, Like it's someone like, like us that have moved away and they're just listening to some friends on a podcast like we we talk about like what we like to watch on Netflix and kind of our own like health journeys and trying to normalize um all of that so luckily Quay was on board and we we started it then what was the original name oh my god do you want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was called like it's like also very like grammatically incorrect yeah like if you because we were going to call it northern Quay, but then it was that's only singular, so we needed it to be plural. So it's Northern Quay Wog, and then we're like urban city. Like we were stumbling over all of our words, and we're like, oh man. But we had the I can't even remember what the actual um title was. Northern Quay something grammatically incorrect, and then Caleb Chiblo walks into our office, hey. and we're like, we're starting a podcast, and he's like are you guys going to be laughing for 45 minutes and that's it? <laughs> and then we we're like, oh yeah, we, we, that's something that I was like, I needed to take note of is that we're very like light and we like go through heavy topics lightly or with a light. But um, he, he was teasing us on after and said, oh, is it going to be call her auntie? Because he just started getting into the call her daddy podcast. Oh. And we were like, oh, brilliant. it's a clever name quay was like working on some poster for us because i think we were filming our first episode like that day and like caleb walked in and as soon as we heard it like quay changed the name right away and we started the podcast like 
an hour after. Another stroke of genius from the Mississauga First Nation. <laughs> <laughs> we all, and he told us too to like give him credit, and we love to tell that story. So hopefully he listened it, and here's his we name. We exchanged we exchanged copyrights for it for a scon like scon dogs, and we still haven't made him them. So now we're probably at like a hundred scon dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Full disclosure, Caleb Chiblo is my cousin, my actual cousin. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, and your first, like, was the first episode, like, just sort of, like, um, was there a theme you guys were trying to reach? Or was it just, like, the two of you generally just, like, when you chat, it's just, you know, it is what it is? Or was there sort of, like, an underlying mission? Because I know, Quay, you just said, like, you sometimes talk about heavier issues, but you sort of like can laugh about it and bring a sense of like lightheartedness to it. That was like the whole goal for the beginning, I think, right, Grace? Yeah, we try to have some structure though, because I think one time we did try to just wing it and we were just like all over the place. So just for our listeners, like just so it's a little bit easier for them to like hear it, we just try to have like a couple points we talk about, but we do keep it... Um, like easy. And then now when we have guests on, we try to have mm -hmm. these similar questions. So um, we do have a little bit of a structure. Right. Um, and then this past year, we've been really lucky where like every week there's been a new topic to talk about, unfortunately, in the news, like the news kept giving us stuff to keep going with and giving our opinions on. Like it, it's um, that that's how COVID our first COVID year happened. Yeah, we lucked out with drama. How many yeah. how many episodes now? Fifty-five. Oof. Yeah. Wow. We try to not that was one thing. So when we jumped into this podcast, um, I know we've um like talked to some youth about this that like when you have an idea, like just go for it. Um, because there were there were things that were starting to get in our way before we even started, like, oh, we don't have the proper mics. We we yeah. don't like we don't have this like we don't have a website and I'm like hey like let's just get started and we can figure that out along the way we actually had another friend who was starting a podcast at the same time who's non-indigenous and she was kind of telling us this and I was like let's just do it so we just did and that's what we tell everyone else like don't let things get in your way um and you can mm -hmm. kind of work towards it and we we bought our first mic I think um I think we had to split on it. We split split on it, but then we got a second mic when we got the imaginative. Yeah. <laughs> and then we paid ourselves back. So we bought these mics, now we have two, and we paid ourselves back for the first one. So that yeah. was really exciting. It's a good day to be indigenous. <laughs> that's, Definitely. that's awesome. What are like some early challenges early on? I know you said like there was some like perceived barriers, like even before it was off the ground. Like, what are some of those would, early challenges? Because a lot of our listeners are youth who want to, are going to be interested in entering this space, right? I think the, early, the biggest early challenge was like what Grace had said, where I was getting in our own way. Like I was doubting us and stopping us and wanting to have everything in order. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing an environmental scan. I'm not done this, the scan yet. Like, I don't know where a niche market for sure. Like I, I was doing thinking about all those types of things. But then... Um, when Grace had like literally found every solution to my concerns, 
it was like, okay, let's just do it. Let's just like dive in because we have an initial base of what is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think too, um, when we were first starting, we made sure to really communicate with each other on um, boundaries, like with our mental health, like this year was crazy. So, you know, if there were some weeks where we're like, we need like a mental break and like, we don't feel like recording, um, like we would respect that. But then we also learned, like we really, um, I remember Quay took this workshop. It was like a Ryan McMahon workshop about podcasting. And he said to remain consistent if your listeners are investing in your podcast they're and you say you're going to post every Wednesday or release every week, um, then you should really do that. And, you know, if you go off like for a couple of weeks and you're not posting, then they may like forget about you, things like that. So that was another thing that we always think about is that we want to remain consistent and relevant and be connecting with our followers because we've created a bit of a community on our social media with them and um so we we really want to give them what what they want and you know maybe they need they need to hear it and what like we've we've been thinking more about since that workshop was um like the cost like yeah it our our podcast is free you can subscribe if you want to on tribe music but the cost that's really valuable is our listeners time they're literally mm-hmm. giving us their time and that's the most valuable thing in the world so we're like okay how do we um honor that yeah it's about being uh loyal to your loyal to your listeners right mm-hmm. yeah that's cool and that's what we noticed unfortunately when when i did do the environmental scan every almost every other podcast didn't have a release pattern or a pattern maybe that i couldn't i couldn't determine <laughs> Yeah. But they didn't have that consistency. And we're like, okay, this is the one thing we should commit to. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've tried within our own boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like comes down to consistency, being loyal to your listeners and respecting their time too. Cause like if they follow you week to week, like they're sort of counting on you in some capacity. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. We're Allison and I, um, along with Claire and Lua, like we're just getting like we're just getting started really. We've done maybe about half a dozen interviews so far. Um, we've had Scott Wabino, um, Born in the North, the Assiniway twins. Um, we've got a bunch of really like awesome, like really inspiring, really amazing, like young indigenous leaders coming on, like yourselves. And <clears throat> I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm really gra- glad that uh, Grace, you said that like it's about just doing it and like getting it out, right? reminds me of something a friend of mine told me when it comes to music or like visual art and it's like you got to get the art out of you because you just never know what's on the other side of that process right yeah yeah Yeah. well I really feel honored to be amongst those other individuals we really love Scott Wabano and the Cineway Jewelry Sisters and so yeah, yeah that's awesome oh my god they're on this too oh shit <laughs> <laughs> We got a strong season one. <laughs> yeah, we're proud of the work we're doing here. I'm so stoked to have uh, everyone involved. <clears throat> um, but we're just getting started. We're in early stages. So I think this is a really fun episode because we get to pick your brain about the whole process. And yeah, yeah. 
Do you guys have um, what you would consider like unique skills that have helped you um, become successful in this realm? Um, yeah, that was something we also discussed before we'd start the podcast. Like I know Quay mm -hmm. is really good at um, like managing social media. So that was something that automatically she kind of took on. Um, and then I really had to learn. So I do a lot of the editing and um, like getting the the episode ready for for Quay to add a description. So we're kind of like, we, we do that. And like, I wouldn't say mine is really a skill, but it's something I had to learn to do. But I think I'm doing well. I I'd rather... it, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what we, what we were very grateful for is that we both had a common education background in business and like marketing. So that unique match was definitely there where um, I had like a, I don't think I specialized. No, I did specialize in marketing. Oh my God, I George Brown. <laughs> but, but so did Grace. So we're like, okay, we kind of know what we're doing and we kind of know how to be putting ourselves out there. So having that. For sure. For sure. Um, oh, I just had a question. What was it? Oh yeah, no, you mentioned tribe music. Yeah. Tell us so about that. Know, so our my dear friend, um, Justin Holness, or better known as Dakota, hey. he has a, he's Afro-Indigenous and owns the very first streaming service because there's that thing where like indigenous people are making these records and stuff and like podcasts, indigenous podcasts are putting out these things, but there's no real subscription and way to make money or just get money back from all that investment. So he launched his own platform and there's a subscri subscription option. Um, and we became the first podcast on it. And we were very honored for that. And if you can, um, there's an option for all, I, there's an option to support all artists and that's like 9.99 or you can su support one artist specifically and that's 5.99. Wow. And so it's a monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. And so I guess like, is it set up so you have like exclusive, like a lead time on all the new episodes and stuff like that? Yeah, so there's, you get some exclusive access to different artists. And um, when we do drop, we drop a week early there. That's incredible. Check it out if you're listening. Tribe Music, um, Justin Holness's project, AKA Dakota. Dakota, yes. Dakota. We got to have Dakota Wait. on the podcast too, actually. Yeah. Wait, when you were explaining that story, I thought you're going to be like, well, my good friend and say like Justin's mom first. <laughs> I know. I was like, how <laughs> deep do I go on this? So I never really knew Justin, only that my good friend, his mom had a son <laughs> and that she's like, oh, he's doing great things. He's doing, you're doing great things. You guys should collaborate your work stuff. And I'm like, right, right, right. And then finally it happened. I'm like, hello, I know you from your mom. <laughs> That's some true all my relations energy right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What's your experience been like uh, with all the other streaming platforms? I know like Spotify, Apple Music. What else? Like, are you guys on YouTube? Like, we're not on YouTube. That's a little um, more. That's another level in our tech support that we Grace hasn't acquired yet. <laughs> She's our tech support. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think we had a close friend that was like, because we, we started recording 
well, like we record over Zoom, right? Because we're all like socially distancing. And um, so we're like, hey, like we got like the video, like let's just throw it on YouTube, but we need like a cool intro. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And I like a close friend said she was going to help and has yet. So we have not launched, but we could, like we have all the episodes saved. So Right, we could, we, but we do it through, um, we don't actually handle the uploads to app, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we do it through another platform called Anchor, and then it, it's free, and it does all the uploading for us, the only thing that this, that happens is there's like a 30 to 45 minute buffer period until, from when we put it in to when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anchor is, I think, what we're going to be using uh, to release these episodes, Cause it just seems so like kind of intuitive, but we are. It's really easy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Patreon, are you, are, are you all on that or because that... No, I think is Patreon similar to like a tribe music platform. That's what I'm saying. Don't support Patreon support tribe. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. We we're even on Google podcast and we didn't even know that. Oh. But thanks to anchor. <laughs> we're like, Ooh, okay. Cool. Cool. Well, we're definitely going to be hitting up Justin about, um, um, about maybe some of these episodes. We'll see. Uh, that's a really cool initiative. Yeah, you guys were just bringing up um, things about, uh, you know, different aspects of the podcast and trying to figure out things as you went along. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, how do you juggle um, just daily life and Grace as a mom? Like, how do you make time for all of this? Um, we definitely have to schedule some time. I think um, being organized has has been our friend and sometimes we haven't been so organized. Um, yeah, Quay's big on the calendars, but yeah, it's definitely hard to juggle it all because this isn't our full-time job or anything. Um, it's definitely something that we're doing on the side that we enjoy so much. And I think when we first started, our idea was that we'd be recording together Um, And we only recorded a couple episodes together before the pandemic hit. And then we're just doing it online. So we kind of had these like visions like, oh, we'll see each other like every week and record and we'll record with guests. We'll like travel to them if they're like fairly local. Um, But I guess kind of like the silver lining is that we have been able to reach um, all these guests and been able to record with them like across the country um, and so it has been, it's helped our reach. So I think that's, um, kind of a blessing in all this. So what's uh, a guest you've had on recently that you're, you were super excited to have on and then maybe okay, a follow- I- and the follow-up, maybe like what's, who's a guest that you can't wait to have on or are looking forward to booking. I was really actually excited to have on Maya because I'm Scrunchies girl and Tasha Spillett because Maya is like she was like made for this like mate because when we were interviewing her we're like oh how do you um how do you like how do you do time management she's like well it's obvious I sew first in my school second and hang out with my friends third and I stay active and I'm like we're like wait how yeah um and then Tasha as well because I think that she's just so like amazing she has that comic book series and I'm like these are these are brilliant and I like I wish I could have read them too when I was growing up so I think those are really those are the two ones that I've been really 
super nervous about um, like before we go into the recording, but I've loved having everyone. Yeah, in certain ways, in different ways. Yeah, but you agree? It's really inspiring. Like I feel we've, since our one year anniversary, we made it a thing to have more guests on our podcast. Um, Not that people are sick of hearing from us, but um, just to have like a different perspective. So we, we um, made it a thing to just be really bold and like message people and see if they respond back. And I think my most the like the guests that I loved having on like I, I loved having everyone on but um was Tia Wood um she has like I think the last time I checked like three million followers on TikTok and so I saw her on TikTok like I have it just to like scroll and waste like a ton of hours in the evening on um so I've seen her and then when we launched our logo that our friend Emma made for us for our one year anniversary, she shared it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is huge. Like, I think on Instagram, she's got like 300,000 followers. And so we were even getting like followers from that. And I'm like, we have to have her on. And like, I don't want to lose this momentum that she just shared Mm. our logo. So I, we messaged her and she was like, honored to be on and we're like like people say that to us and we're just like okay no we're honored like <laughs> so that yeah. was yeah we were really nervous for that one um but yeah all our guests have just been like so inspiring like I think Quinn and I we just love to hear people's stories and um like true aunties we love to gossip <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it- have everyone share their stories with us it's been fun yeah that's so that's so that's so wicked. I love how organically it seems to have grown in 13 months, you know, um, for the community, by the community. Right. I think that that's that does a lot more for um, a podcast like Call Her Auntie than, you know, buying like uh, what, like ten thousand dollars worth of Instagram ads. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. having other folks in your community vouch for you like that's so much more powerful. Yeah, I think this, like reflecting on the, this these past 13 months, I remember telling Quay that, like, we, you know, we like the first couple episodes, we had like close friends that we knew that were listening. And I was like, I was like, Quay, I don't even care if we have like 10 people listening. I was like, like, we were so excited to just like have a number of people listening that wasn't just like Quay's dad or my mom or my sister, things like that. And then now I don't even think any of them listen. So it, it has been, a it has grown a lot, but what makes it really meaningful is we have received um, DMs from people who have been in similar situations as us, um, like moving away from their community and listening to our podcast and feeling like they are listening to someone that they know. And I was like, Quay, like, this is why we're doing it. And this like that communication just meant so much for us to just keep going. Yeah. It it felt really good. Like, and it felt like really like, okay, this is, this is a good thing when we kept getting messages that were like, Oh, I love listening every Sunday or like Monday morning and people legit did. And then they're, they're saying, Oh, like you guys are so organic or you guys are so easy to listen to. Sometimes I want to jump in and like, and then I remember, oh, I'm listening to you guys, it's not in person. And I'm like, what? Really? Like, 
oh, okay. Like that meant something to me that it felt like they were there with us. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit surreal that we're like reaching people like that. Um, and that was like our goal and it's just really nice to like accomplish it. Yeah. You've built a really great podcast and you have great conversations. You have great um, guests on. And do you like ever go back? You were talking about creating a podcast that you would want to listen to. Do you, you know, out of like sometimes in your evenings or maybe on the weekends, just listen to a bunch of all of them? Or like, do you guys ever go back to listen to some specific ones? I usually listen to them. Like, so we'll release them Monday night or Sunday or Monday. And I used to usually listen to them by like Wednesday, like on a run or on a walk, just to like, remember what we had said to make, it was perfectly to make the Instagram social media post on a quote that one of our guests had said that was really good. Or like um, a, a topic or something like that was really funny, like a meme we could share again to like keep the traction going per episode. So that's when I used to go back and listen to them. But then um, sometimes now I go back and listen to like our, our top five and I'm like, oh, this is so fun then. Top, top five is in five? plays? Top five plays, yeah. But like the top five, the first five, not top five plays. Oh, okay. Oh, the first five. five. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, we got our team here, our team, we like work on a, um, like we all work on our questions collaboratively. And I just see it whenever I get a little ding, every time I see somebody like jump into the questions, <laughs> um, so, uh, you'll have to excuse me. How does like, um, Sorry, this will be edited. Actually, that's a good question. Um, do you guys ever edit yourselves? Like, are there moments when you listen back and you're like, oh, there's too much tea spilt here? Well, Grace listens back when we do do an episode and we're very respectful with our, our guests where we're like, okay, this is this. Or like we're, before we go into an episode, we're like, can you make a note of something you might want to change? Or like, don't be afraid to restate something. Just tell us and we'll flag it. And then Grace will re-listen and then um, we'll send it to the, the guests and they're like, they listen and then they're like, okay, actually take this out. So when we recorded with Dylan Cook, there was a part that we did take out um, and I'm not sure, I think everything has been pretty organic in terms of what we needed to crop, but there was just only a little logistical thing that we had to crop with Dylan Cook, right? Yeah. And yeah, for the most part, we don't do too much editing. Um, there are some times like Quay and I, we really are open with our our own health and that journey. So sometimes um, I feel like maybe we've had guests or if it's just been us where like a side note, it's gotten like very emotional and we're just like, just cut this part out. Like we just want to get it all out before we continue the podcast and um, so yeah they, they hear like that raw emotional part but then they don't like we cut out like the part where it like continues longer there but, was like one episode too with chelsea where like i think we all cried and the recording was like two hours that we only used 45 minutes because there was so much other like just personal stuff we couldn't get out and a lot of sobbing <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So we're like, we're, we're being authentic 
We're just like cutting out just time that like the listeners don't want to hear us cry or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So your, your, your pipeline for like an episode, let's say. So for our listeners who are interested in podcasting, interested in telling their own stories, what is the turnaround on an episode generally? Is it like a two-week window? Is it? We've like recorded on like the day of sometimes. Yeah. Um, and like, that's, that's okay. Like, I feel like when it's just me and Quay, we can do that. But when we have guests, we really want to respect their time. And um, if they give them the opportunity to listen, we'll send them mm-hmm. the podcast before we release just to make sure that they're comfortable with what's going out. And um, so, so yeah, like, if it's just us, we, we sometimes, I mean, like life gets in the way, like I'm, um, I'm like in part-time school, both and I, Quay and I are in full-time work. I have a five-year-old or a four-year-old, see, four years old running around. Um, yeah. So life gets, life gets in the way sometimes, but yeah, if we have to do it last minute, we do. Yeah. Um, but if anyone is interested in listening to podcasts, I, I recommend like definitely sending your questions like 24 hours or more in advance, making sure like um, checking in the day of about confirming what they can still record and like sending the Zoom link in the, or however you're going to respond. Or when we were just doing it from straight into Anchor, not from Zoom to Anchor because there's different ways to record, we would send them the how to connect to Anchor like mm-hmm. fact sheets and stuff like that too. But now we figured out how to be a little bit easier. So Anchor is where it's at if you're really interested in podcasting. Anchor.com, check it out. It has like basically a lot of built-in tools like on the desktop app, right? So you can record uh, remotely, like other folks can join in on, on, on the interviews. Yeah, it's a really good resource. I'm really, um, really excited to use that for our podcast. Um, we're really blessed and fortunate here at NYRC Studios to have like quite the uh, quite the podcast rig. So you know, again, for those listening, Indigenous youth, um, we have a full fledged uh, podcast slash recording studio here. You can come and um, use these tools, use Anchor, use all these like microphones. Uh, we use actually uh, the Rode um, uh, Rodecaster. Pro oh, we've heard of those. Yeah. 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 It's quite the unit. Cool. Yeah. Like we're going to register as a youth and then we're going to access that. Yeah. There we we'll go. do school record there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? By all means, that would be so amazing. Like we have four mics that are hot all the time. Um, this unit, you can load up like all your sounds. Like I have that John Trudell quote in the one, but like all our intro music and stuff like that. So, you know, our studio is your studio. Call her auntie can live here anytime. Well, just make sure to wipe the mic, Evan. You didn't tell us how COVID was. <laughs> we actually do. We actually have um, like all these pop filters, um, all the other stuff. Um, we actually have this big plexiglass divider as well. So it oh, is, wow. yeah, it is relatively safe. That being said, these are strange times. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how the virus works. I think just staying at home for now socially distancing that's the safest bet yeah Yeah. what a great resource though i found i've seen 
on social media that like a lot of Indigenous podcasts are just popping up throughout this year. And it's so awesome because, you know, we all have these individual stories and, um, you know, like we had to create our own to just talk about super light things um, that there wasn't so much before. So um, it's so great that you guys have that resource and um, that all these Indigenous podcasts are popping up. Right. I want to like mention to you one thing that Ryan McMahon had said that was really critical and like made a big dent in my mind was that you can have a YouTube series, you can have a vlog, that's fine, but the internet up north, nobody can watch it. So what are you doing that for? Not, that's not what he said, but that's how it translated in my mind. Um, but I'm like, oh, and he asked, I was like, oh, after he said, but to download and to hear a podcast or like music or a recording, the internet capacity up north is capable. Mm. So if you want to like reach more people who who you want to reach actually, then podcasting is the way to go because YouTube is only going to be for anyone in like Thunder Bay to St. Marie, mm. um, North Bay, that it can be an attraction there, but not further up north. Yeah, I've, I've heard about this issue where uh, whole communities will run out of bandwidth and like every, like no one has access to the internet. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I think it's the beauty of this format is that like we could continue to tell our stories in a very accessible platform. And like you said earlier, like these are all free, right? Um, folks can choose to support them if they wish, but the fact that we're getting our stories out there, we're creating community, that's that's it that's like like the 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 goal is accomplished <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah we've also talked about it before being um like a new way of uh documenting like oral history all of this stuff will be recorded stored um and one day you know grace's kid can can listen to this and our kids too if we ever decide to have them <laughs> It was really funny, Grace. Do you want to tell a story when Lisa and her, your nephews are listening? Yeah, I I remember I like totally stumbled on this story because it seemed so long ago. I think it was like our first episode. And um, so my sister has three sons back home and she was playing it like out loud in the kitchen and her boys were like, oh, like, wait, what were they saying? Were they like, what one's was, my auntie or yeah i can't they both sound great i can't tell which one's my auntie though and like they're so supportive <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then like that is really special to me because i'm like oh they're they're listening to our voices and then my best friend she plays the podcast for her uh her son who's like under a year but like she's my best friend and like he he'll know my voice so that that kind of thing is really key and like a special part for me. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess before um, we sort of wind down, we're getting to the hour. Um, I just want to say a huge chimi guetch to both Quay and Grace for coming onto the Seventh Fire Pod. Um, you're both so inspirational. Um, you know, us here at NYRC, we love following everything that you're both doing with Call Her Auntie. And we're just grateful you can come and share your knowledge with our youth. 
our listeners and um, yeah, keep our stories alive and let, let people know that we're still here. We're still thriving. And um, yeah, that's it. I, I think we have, we usually have one last question to ask and uh, you know, it's no rush. We can take our time, but I just wanted to um, yeah, just pass forward that gratitude and uh, hand over that virtual tobacco before, uh, before the end of the interview. Well, we accept it. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, accept. Accept it. <laughs> I I want to upload like a um, like the uh, a sound sample of like uh, striking the match and then like the sage burning or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I should just record that here one day and then yeah. Just... <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that could work. That could yeah. work. that'll be funny. That'll be good, actually. Yeah. Okay, it's done. It's happening. I like that. You can send it to me. I'll use it <laughs> for my other Zoom meetings. Yeah, virtual tobacco. Um, okay, so our, our last question that we have for you, um, for you both, is what would you tell your younger selves? Oh, my God. I think we ask our guests this question. Um, hey. Wait, I'll let you go first. It's such a good question. No, that's why I muted myself. <laughs> We're turning the table. Okay. Okay. What would I tell my future self? I was just thinking of this today, actually. I was like, what would I tell like 10 year old Quay about where you are now at 32? Because I just accepted my manager role at Humber College. Um, and I actually thought of your cousin Caleb too, because one time I was telling a story and I'm like, oh, my bad experience when I moved to, the, to Toronto with post-secondary. And then um, I said something, and then this was before when I was still acting. Your cousin Caleb was like, "Yeah, but look at you now. You're running this place. You don't need to, you don't need to run that place or something." <laughs> and then to, when I accepted my manager role, I was like, "I am like in charge." Um, and then I thought, "What would I tell my ten year old self about where I am now?" And then I was like, "Oh right, I wanted to be a manager, but I wanted to be a manager of McDonald's." <laughs> I wanted to manage the fries. So <laughs> I was like, what would I tell my 10 year old self? Well, it's not McDonald's, but it's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> You're still serving up happiness. You're still serving up yeah. smiles. <laughs> but that's what, but on a serious note, like just what we've been saying, like, just go for it. Just do it. I like that Quay. Um, I think what I would tell my younger self I feel like it's what I've been dealing with personally and even raising uh, a son who's in school. Um, you know, I and then even, I don't know, with everything that gets thrown our way, I feel like, you know, question everything, like reach out with resources. We're very open, like I said, about our, our health journeys. And I feel like the past three years, I've had to question these doctors and go to another doctor and take control of my own health that they're not taking seriously. And then even with my son being in school, um, you know, I see he's such a gentle kid and other kids will be playing like a little bit too aggressive with him. And he'll be saying, stop, stop. And I didn't think I'd be the mom to be like, if you're saying stop and they're not like, you know, I don't know if it's bad, but like use some aggression back. <laughs> But I, you know, like it's, it's not okay. Or I guess maybe the smart way is to just say, walk away. 
but but it's like standing your boundaries yeah setting your boundaries and standing up for yourself because I think a lot like maybe how we've been growing up is you know to like oh always be nice it's like okay nice has to stop some at some point when it's not being reflected back and I know this is like an aggressive thing I would tell my younger (laughs) self (laughs) you know like stand up for yourself um I'm a very like um I don't like conflict but I've um I think just become more comfortable um in myself and um you know being let down by like western doctors and now raising a son I will want him to be able to stand up for himself and not take um any pushing around from younger kids so you know I yeah that's that's really what I would tell myself when you were like oh this is going to be aggressive for me to tell my younger self I thought you were going to say but knock somebody out sometimes <laughs> so you're like stand up for yourself and I'm like you know okay. what okay I was I was about to say like don't take any and I don't know if you guys swear on here mm-hmm. but like don't go, take any go off don't take any shit like that's what I was gonna say and I'm like okay wait how do I tone this down because without saying I'll punch you in the face yeah seventh fire is a safe space to go off (laughs) (laughs) but I also wanted to mention too like what stand, stand up for yourself um but also like when I say when we said like just do it it's also like just get up and move just get up and start jogging just if you want to run you don't have to run a marathon right now just start it and like what I look back on now because I started therapy more recently with through COVID I was like yo I should have started this a while ago but I was like so afraid of figuring out how you do start it like just do it and dive in yeah with anything oh hey Absolutely. And, you know, I was just having a conversation with some colleagues about this and like the barriers lack dignity to access mental health, to access like regular health care, even just to get your classes prescription filled or like prescriptions filled. Like it lacks dignity to whip out your status card. You know what I mean? Like we all know that feeling. Those of us like use status cards in the past, like you're in line, you know, and you're trying to buy, um, iPhone or something, you know what I mean? And like people shrug behind you. Like there's, there's, there's a lack of dignity yeah. in these processes. And um, I think we're evolving beyond that. I think like this generation re- knows that and we're gonna be bigger than it um, in the next chapter, you know? You know what I'm really seeing from our, our youth that I'm seeing now is like what Grace has been saying, like they don't take shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, good job. I read this is like totally like color anti like style. There was this meme and we always talk about Quay's always like citing memes, but it's like said something about um, like people think that this generation is so sensitive, but it's just, we don't put up with any crap anymore. And I think it's so true. Like, you know, I'm not going to be oppressed and I'm not dealing with this. So goodbye. And people may take that as like, Oh, you're so sensitive. It's like, no, this isn't my like motto the past like couple weeks have been well maybe yeah actually the past couple weeks have been it's okay to say no and um and it totally is like our mental health is first and if it's not benefiting benefiting that then I'm not gonna do it I was gonna say amen and then I 
bit my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> then you were like, I was like, um. <laughs> okay. I, there was like another meme that's like kind of more vulgar, where it's like, if it's not contributing to your happiness, your health, or your like in the bedroom, then don't do it. <laughs> that's what the youth are doing now, though. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Grace, to speak to your point, like, you know, there's like a lot of criticism, mostly from boomers, um, saying that like the new generation, this young generation is like triggered all the time, quote unquote. That's just a tool to divide us even further, right? Like, you're right. Like, there's, we're putting up with less shit. And the younger generation knows that more than not my generation, even. You know what I mean? Like, it's great to see. It's, it's literally like, taking things back it's the seventh fire you know what i mean it's reclaiming our power <clears throat> sometimes you actually like think about it and you're like oh shit here we are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i actually i feel like i feel like we're taking on so much like we're changing so much that we're just saying no to unnecessary shit like you know like we're too busy we're too busy like decolonizing our life and like every day like yeah. We're very busy healing into generational traumas, so we can't take take anyone's shit right now. Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. We're done being resilient. Done doing the heavy lifting for settler communities too to like you know, understand. It's like that's not our job to educate you. You know what I mean? I, I talk exactly. about this with my partner all the time. Cause like, that's the work she's in. That's the field she's in. And it's just like, yeah, it's exhaustive work to constantly like, Oh man, put on the educator hat and be like, well, this is what colonialism is. And having to prove the things, you know, worked work. You're like, okay. It, that's tiring to me because yeah. we know what works, but having to prove it is like, like, why do we have to prove that gathering on a meal with a meal is going to be impactful of, and supportive of a young person's life? It, it's going to be. Why do we have to scientifically prove it? Yeah. I was about to say amen, too. <laughs> <laughs> See how colonized right, guys, we still hallelujah. are? Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like Oprah? <laughs> We still got some decolonizing to do, and that's okay, <laughs> listeners. That is okay. Chimi uh, Gutch again, Grace Quay. Um, so, so, so uh, thankful to have you both, and we are good, y'all. Okay, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to the both of you um, for joining us today. It was a real joy to be able to actually to talk to you and to actually go through with this, um, even though we're not able to meet in person. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I feel like yeah. for like another hour, um, yeah. like more of like our journey because we've like been through so much and we want to share so much, but um, I guess that's when our listeners can listen to <laughs> our podcast every week talking about our struggles. <laughs> They can just listen to it. <laughs> exactly. And we're going to plug all of your handles. Like, we're going to okay. make sure people know where to find you. Maybe if you want to say it here, you can find Call Her Auntie on. Okay, do you want me to do it, Grace, and then you'll do the handles? Oh, we're supposed to go with his cue, right? You can follow you can us again. On. You can do it again. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you again so much to Grace and Quay from Call Her Anti Podcast joining us today uh, on the Seven Fire Pod. Um, my name is Evan Red Sky. I'm Allison Palmer. And we just a big chimiguach again to Call Her Anti Podcast. You can follow them both on. You can follow us both on Facebook and Instagram at Color Anti Podcast. And we also have a website as well. Yeah, so look us up on Wix, we're Call Her Anti Podcast. And then if you want to subscribe to us on Tribe Music, we're there too under the Call Her Andy Podcast under podcast. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. Keep smudging that virtual tobacco. Keep taking care of each other. Stay safe. Stay home for the time being. We'll see everybody on the other side of this. And um, uh, bum on pee.